Hey there, this is Sean McMahon. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast and thanks for supporting the ministry by lending your ears, your minds, hearts, all that good stuff. Don't be afraid to share this here message with a friend or a family member, even a stranger. Have at. It's not like it's going to bite. These messages are recorded live at the Community Baptist Church of Gayhead and Aquino on Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, and the good old U.S. of A. If you're ever in town for a visit or suddenly find yourself shipwrecked on the southwest side of our lovely little island, climb up the clay cliffs and come on down to our little old chapel for our weekly 10 a.m. service. No need to wear anything special, just bring your special self. May God bless you. Your brother sins against you, go and confront him privately. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, Regard him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we want to talk about bullies and bullying. And this is actually a follow-up to last week's message where we talked about surrender and trust and how surrendering, while an important part of the spiritual process, if you are surrendering to an untrustworthy person, then that can lead to abuse. Right? Uh, there's a lot we can learn from the Bible about bullying because throughout the good book, of course, there's a recurring villain, right? And he's the ultimate bully, and that's the one we call Satan, the enemy. Satan is just a, a word that is untranslated. The best way to translate it is enemy, or we could even say the bully, the big bully. And the entirety of the biblical story is really just about some people who are surrendering to God's will and then other people who are surrendering to Satan. And how Satan is overcome by God's people. That's always the climax of every story in the Bible. And of course, the climax of the Bible is the good news of Jesus Christ. And that good news is that no matter what, no matter what, God's people have victory over Satan. Because victory is in Christ who died for us. Now we've got to ask, what is that victory all about? What does that have to do with bullying, right? Why does Christ's death for us on the cross give us victory over Satan? His death was for our sins, right? His death was for our sins, and his blood was shed for the forgiveness thereof. Okay, so that forgiveness in his blood is precisely how we overcome Satan. Now, why is that? Why is that? Because Satan's chief weapon against us is temptation. Temptation. He tempts us to sin and to break faith with God. And when we sin, what happens? Who accuses us? Satan. Yeah, it's a trap. He brings in guilt. He brings in shame, despair, these feelings of temptation, this guilt, shame. The Bible tells us that they're absolutely diabolical, right? They are the fruits of sin. They make us feel despair. They ensnare us so that we can continue in a cycle of sin, guilt, shame, despair. That's how Satan tries to steal our life out from under us. 
That's the cost of sin, right? It's a high cost. But Satan is a liar. Jesus said that Satan was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue because he is a liar and he's the father of lies. He said that in John chapter eight. So Satan's accusations are false. They're false. And why is that? The gospel is why. The gospel is why. How can you accuse someone who's forgiven from the foundations of the earth in Christ? You don't have to be a good Christian or a bad Christian to overcome Satan, by the way. Because your victory is not in your own power. It's not in your own virtue. It's in Christ's blood. That's how you overcome Satan. Jesus broke the cycle of sin, of guilt, shame, and despair. That's the truth. That's the truth that sets you free. So whether you're living hard or walking the straight and narrow, right? either way, the same blood of the covenant has sealed you in God's love. And that's the truth. Your job as a Christian is to know this and to walk, walk within it to the best of your ability in every season of your life and to proclaim it and to proclaim not just I, but we are forgiven. Right? We are forgiven. That's why we also forgive. We forgive because we have been forgiven. So we proclaim we are forgiven. Now back to bullying, okay? How does that all fit in with bullying? Well, when I was young, there was a bully at school. It was actually a girl bully. It was a girl. And she used to be mean to everyone around her. And most people would try to ignore her, but a few girls, they became her friends, okay? And she wasn't a good friend to these girls. Instead, they're more like her sidekicks, her underlings, right? And she would say the nastiest things to them, really cruel things in public to make them feel bad about themselves. Well, the smaller they felt about themselves, the bigger she looked in their eyes. So they just followed her around like puppy dogs. And she had a rough home life and it was a super sad story. But she would often get sympathy from people around her because of this sad home life. And that's how she kept her few friends around and she would say they were abandoning her if they tried to escape this abusive relationship that they're in with her, okay? That's how bullying works. It's not simply a mean kid punching you in the face to get your lunch money, right? There's a lot of emotional stuff going on in there. And a bully knows how to manipulate you into giving you, giving them what they want. And I had a unique bullying situation when I was growing up, right? I had a friend who was kind of a bully. He was my friend. He was overall a really nice guy, but he always had to put me down and talk himself up and he was super insecure and I knew that. If anything good happened to me, he acted like I did something to hurt him on purpose, right? If he ever took something from me, like a toy or something, if he took it out of my hands or wanted to take it from my house, he acted like he deserved it more than me because he didn't have it yet. And he made me feel guilty for having something that he didn't. He made me feel like a rotten person like it was my fault, like I'd done something wrong. And he would make me feel that way anytime I didn't do what he wanted me to do. So this guy, he called me up to invite me to his house. I never wanted to go. I'd try to find up an excuse to, uh, to not go. And I'd say, nah, no, no, really not today. I'm kind of busy today. But he'd push and he'd push and he'd push until he got me to promise to come. If not today, then another time. You gotta promise. He was always getting people to promise things, I learned. 
when he couldn't get what he wanted right then and there. And so I always owed him something. I always owed him something. It was hard to keep track of how much I owed him all the time. Even when I did something I promised I'd do, he'd, knew, he'd need more somehow because I already owed him something else. So I should give him more because I promise, right? Well, we live in a culture that operates this way. That's how our culture is today here. There's a lot of entitlement, there's a lot of guilting, there's a lot of blame and finger pointing, okay? And I hear people around, they apologize for who they are over things they can't control. They break themselves down just the way those girls did with their bully. They say, well, I shouldn't say anything, I shouldn't do anything, I don't have any power over this situation because of my gender, because of my skin color, because of my class. They apologize for these things like they're sins they've committed, right? Saying their words or actions shouldn't have as much value because of these things. And then they overpromise impossible things due to this imaginary guilt. Where's this bullying come from? It's got to stop. The bullying that causes it has to stop too. But let me tell you, the bullying is not going to stop. It's not going to stop. And how do I know? Because the word of God says so. Jesus says so. He says, in this world, guess what? You will have trouble. You're going to run into trouble. He says, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said, right? Yes, he has. He has overcome the world. And we can overcome it too, because our victory is in him. All it comes down to is his blood, the forgiveness of sins. If you remember that, you're gold. Okay? The next time someone tries to make you feel bad about who you are, especially things you don't have control over, right? Like your skin, your gender, right? Remember the words of the Holy Spirit through Peter. He says, God is no respecter of persons. God shows no partiality. He says that in Acts 10. James, Apostle James says, show no partiality. This is a commandment. Show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Chapter 2 of uh, the epistle of James. So if anyone tries to measure you with such partiality, they have nothing to do with the Holy Spirit, Right? It's coming from the father of lies. So similarly, if someone tries to guilt you into doing something for them and you know they're bullying you, God's honest truth, right? You owe them nothing. You owe them nothing. If you have truly committed a sin against someone or if you haven't, the answer is still the same. The blood of Christ has paid that debt even between you and a stranger, right? That's what he came for. It's true. Now, there are times when your conscience will bring, will truly ring with the Holy Spirit. You will feel a pull in your conscience, and you will know when an accuser is being sincere, right? When it's good to work something out with your brother who's accusing you. And you will do that. You should abide by that spirit of grace, but not obligation, right? If you're being manipulated into something, you should know. Because when it's bullying, when it's a bully who's trying to bless you, when it's a bully guilting you, to press an advantage and emotionally extort you. Y'all been there before? Who has been there before? Yeah, okay. Stay strong in the truth, in the blood of Christ, okay? Your accuser is pressing a lie, a lie, because Christ has forgiven the sins of the world. That's why God came, okay? To deal with that, to deal with even that. A bully will try to destabilize you, to tempt you, to make you overextend yourself and to overpromise. But Jesus Christ said, let your speech be either yay, yay, yes, yes, or no, no. Yes or no. Anything else is above this and beyond this is from the evil one. 
okay? So don't be tempted to overpromise. Christ says, that is from the evil one. Just say yes and just say no in the moment. And stay strong in Christ's victory over guilt and shame and despair and sin and all these things. Now, the most common form of bullying, of course, is to tempt you to do something that you know is wrong, right? That's the classic model of temptation. And it's usually with some threat, whether it's give me your lunch money or I'll punch your face in, right? Or, or if it's sign on the dotted line or I'll ruin your reputation in the conference room, that kind of thing, right? In the public square. In these cases, we must trust the voice of the Holy Spirit within us. Not only should we refrain from doing things that we feel are wrong, but we must also try to avoid, if possible, allowing our bullies to fall into sin by us complying with their immoral, often ridiculous demands, right? We must try to stay on mission for Christ and not please people. Okay? And so we not only say no, as Christ taught when we need to, that's for our sake, but we also, when the situation calls for it, we confront our bullying friend or our bullying neighbor. And that's for his sake, okay? If a brother sins against you, go and point out the fault when two of you are alone, as friends, as neighbors. If he listens to you, you've regained your brother. Okay? That's what we just read from Matthew. Well, if he doesn't listen, take one or two others along, bring some witnesses, okay? And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Bring it up in a church meeting. Get the whole church involved, right? Because this is our job to try to figure out how reconciliation works. Your goal is to reconcile. But if he refuses to even listen to the same to the church, regard him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. That is, he's not a part of your fellowship, right? And that's a reiteration of what Jesus said. When he said, don't cast your pearls before swine, right? Don't entrust yourselves or your souls or your treasures to folks who have shown that they're bullies. You just got to protect yourselves and your loved ones from them. After you've gone through that process of trying to save your relationship. Okay. These instructions are for the issues between members of Christ's church here that Jesus was talking about in Matthew. But they're just as good for families, for friends, for neighbors. Because that's what the church is. It's a group of families, friends, and neighbors. And we should always hope and work labor and shed blood, sweat, and tears for reconciliation if possible. That's our ministry in Christ. But when we extend that olive branch, it's not always guaranteed that a bully is going to take hold of the other end, right? We must be willing to walk away and let go if they don't. We cannot and we must not try to control them or anyone else because if we do, then we become the bully. That's why you got to walk away, right? You don't want to get involved in that power struggle. So once we've done all we can, we can only pray for our bullies from afar, right? Pray for your enemies. Bullying is one of the hairiest issues in life, and everyone experiences it, whether you're a kid or whether you're an adult, right? It often crops up in our closest relationships, in our families, our friends, our neighbors. Lord knows it crops up in our relationship with our government from time to time, right? But the Lord came for just this reason for just this reason, to help us in every way. He is a help to us in every way in life and in a very real way when it comes to this issue of bullying. And by his cross, he defeated the greatest bully of all, the accuser of humanity. And by his blood, we have everything 
we need in God, who raised Christ from the dead by this mighty power, right? And this mighty power is yours, is yours. The mighty power of God's supernatural grace, which is multiplied to you by the knowledge of Christ, is what St. Peter says in his epistle. So just put the thought of Jesus before you in all things, and you won't go wrong. Amen? Amen. That's how we do it. Thank you for listening to the Sean McMahon Podcast. Visit SeanSellickMcMahon.com for more information about his ministry. For more about Sean's music, please visit WorkmanSong.com.